It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the studios of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, it is the Locked On Sooners podcast. We're coming to you from the 12th floor in 5010 Place here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G, saying thank you so much for making us a part of your day. And thank you for letting me get my wheels under me as we do this podcast, because normally I like to get it out in the morning, but because of some things that worked and dealing with Locked On Thunder, we were a little bit late getting it to you today. Hopefully you will forgive us, but the great thing about podcasting is you're living in an on-demand world, so you can listen to this anytime, and if you want to use it for your morning show, that's great, and if you want to use it for evening or whenever, we have that option, and we can be heard now on Stitcher, we can be heard on Spotify, Google, Alexa, there are so many different places to get locked on Sooners, but thank you for the support of this podcast as uh, we get things going this week. And uh, coming up on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about OU's defense a lot. The first two segments dedicated to OU's defense as we break down Florida Atlantic a little bit and talk about just the fears that maybe I have going into this game, OU not being able to stop the run. And I think more importantly, what vibe I'm getting from these coaches. I'll tell you about that right out of the gate when it comes to what they're saying, how they're acting, and how it's been different from other years that since, especially since Mike Stoops has been back in the fold. In segment number two, we'll hear from Tim Kish on OU's linebackers, and we'll even talk about another much ballyhooed freshman that will probably be seeing a lot of playing time this year. And what is so different about being a freshman now versus what it was like 30 years ago for kids when they stepped on college campuses. And then we will wrap things up talking about how coaches play it way too close to the vest. And there's something that Lane Kiffin did a couple of weeks ago that I wish OU would do. I I wish OU would take something out of their philosophy and insert something that Lane Kiffin did. And we'll get to that here on Locked On Sooners, my name is Eric G. I'm a contributor to 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 here in Oklahoma City. And I'm also the host of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I also co host the college football pregame show, which airs Saturday on 1340 The Game and around the state of Oklahoma with Randy Renner. And uh, what else? I've been covering OU for five years. And I try and put as unique a perspective on this as I possibly can and not give you the same thing that you hear in every other podcast. So with all that being said, let's jump right into it. And the biggest takeaway that I have gotten from these last two days of talking to players, talking to coaches, is that the defensive side of the ball, especially the coaches on the defensive side of the ball, are more confident than what they've been since Mike Stoops came back to take over that defensive coordinator spot here at Oklahoma. And there's this feeling of depth, not only at one particular position, which I think we've seen some really good depth at corner for OU. Even if guys didn't necessarily pan out, we've seen other guys be able to step up in their position. We've seen the safeties be okay. Um, Defensive line, outside outside linebacker, there's been some really good pass rushers here. Inside linebacker's been an issue, but now... 
we have the opportunity, or at least the coaches are at least telling us that everybody that they've recruited, everybody that played last year, and all these new guys are bringing in, that it, it really feels like they're going to pan out. And the way that they're acting is this calm, quiet confidence that we're going to be really impressed with what we see on Saturday. And if not this Saturday, because I would expect, even with OU being a 21-point favorite against Florida Atlantic, I would expect to see OU get burned a few times. First game of the year, especially if you're going to play the young guys like Brennan Riley-Hiles, they're going to make mistakes. I expect them to make freshman mistakes. I expect them to make mistakes because you don't know what you're going to get from Florida Atlantic a team that could play three different quarterbacks on Saturday, and a team with a a running back who was an absolute stud in Devin Singletary that rushed for over 1,900 yards last year, and OU is coming off a season where they ranked 53rd against the run and gave up four yards a carry. So there, while there is some mystery, there's definitely some confidence, and most of it has to do with who OU's recruited, and how they're adapting, and how they are playing right now, and guys getting even more experience. And Lane Kiffin, this is a guy that Mike Stoops is familiar with. Lane was at USC when Mike was at Arizona, and he talked about that on Tuesday, amongst other things, with the OU defense. Well, they do a lot of good things. Uh, you know, they there's a lot of uh, you know similarities to what you see in in in, in a lot of the offenses, the the spread. Uh, I think, you know, as you watch the season evolve, you see a little more of, uh, of Lane's stuff uh, start to show up um, more consistently. Uh, but they got a lot of offense. Anytime you watch 12 or 13 games, there's going to be a lot there, and there's a, there's a big body of work. And, you know, they operate quickly and, and, and spread you out and have a lot of different um, – you know, they can tweak their offense a lot of different ways. So they, they give you a lot to look at. And, you know, we're going to have to be very zeroed in on our keys. And there's going to be a lot of stuff moving around. And, and you got to really stay locked into the things that are, you know, you're important to your particular position and assignment. Can you get any gauge on their quarterback at all? Uh, no, it I, sounds like they may play all of them. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, all you can do is go off of what you've seen. Uh, uh, you know, the last year, and, and uh, they were awful good a, a year ago, and um, they they know how to they know how to move the football, and he knows how to call plays. So they're gonna you know do the things that they feel comfortable in each particular player, and, and emphasize those things. You said earlier in camp, like you, you don't have an oboe this year. Do you, you feel like you've gained on finding guys that can create a little havoc, create a little pressure up front? Well, those. In our, in our odd packages have to come from you know our outside edges and and certainly when we get into four-man fronts our, our front four consistently uh, I think will be better than they were a year ago as a group uh, just because they're you know all a year older and did some good things a year ago so you know we're going to lean on that group uh, you know Oboe and Stryker are pretty you know those are two of the premier rushers in all of college football those aren't you know those aren't slouches uh, you know, you look at what Oboe did a year ago, how high he graded out. I mean, he's, he's a, one of the most prolific pass rushers in, in college football. So, you know, I don't think we'll have anyone. Mark, Mark Jackson's done some good things. Uh, Ryan Jones, 
those guys, uh, Addison. So, you know, we just got to find some consistency and some guys that can put pressure on the quarterback consistently, not at the, the you know, some of the rate that those guys were able to do it, but just to consistently be good and feel their presence off the edge. Even with that, and OU struggling to find guys that, that that might be good pass rushers, I still think the focus has got to be on stopping the run this Saturday with Singletary. DeAndre Jordan or Johnson, if he plays quarterback for Florida Atlantic, kind of scares me. He's the kid that transferred from Florida State and then spent time at East Mississippi rehabbing his career. He was the one that punched the girl in the face. Uh, you've got Chris Robinson that played at OU, and then you've got the other kid who was – at Arkansas, at Southern Methodist, and and might get a shot. And Link Kiffin's a guy that does a pretty good job of developing quarterbacks, but from his perspective, even if you're doing a great job of developing quarterbacks and one hasn't separated themselves from the others, that is a huge problem with this game coming up for OU. And the last thing you want to do if you're Lane Kiffin is obviously be one-dimensional. Even though you might be able to run on OU. Eventually, they're going to wear you down. The thing about running on OU, and I was talking about this yesterday, is saving the defense, running, pounding the ball, not throwing it as much maybe in these first few games while the defense gets everybody straight. Sort of the way I would try and go about beating OU is to run the ball as well and keep OU's offense off the field because they should be able to score in a hurry. So as tough a job as this might be for Oklahoma and with Mike Stoops feeling like he's working a little bit blind with everything that he's got, I'm sure he's got enough connections in the coaching world to get a feel of what Florida Atlantic might do. I'm still more worried if I'm Lane Kiffin coming into this game because if I have no quarterback and I can only run the ball and I'm not near as confident in these guys that I'm putting out there, then this is a pretty big task to start the season with that's on the road at a team that plays or a program that plays just outstanding at home. And you're a 21-point underdog. Still, Florida Atlantic's made some great strides, and I believe that this ultimately will prove to be a very good first test for OU to get this campaign started with. Coming up next here on Locked On Sooners, we will hear from Tim Kish, OU linebacker coach, inside linebacker coach, and he will talk about all the depth that he has at linebacker, and we'll get into one more budding star that you can look for on Saturday. It's all right here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. I want to thank you for joining me. Remember, you can get us on Apple iTunes, Alexa, Google. You can uh, get us at LockedOnSports.com. There are so many different ways. Follow us at Locked On Sooners. Give us your feedback. We're just getting this podcast started, and of course, we host Locked on Thunder as well, and we'll crank another episode of that coming out a little bit later this afternoon. OU linebacker coach Tim Kish, 
He's another guy that's excited. He's another guy that's confident. And it's probably because OU has given him some depth or he's finally recruited depth, depending on how you want to look at it. And here is Tim Kish yesterday talking about all the linebackers that OU has and why he's excited about going into this year and why playing by committee is a good thing, not a bad thing. Uh, you know, it's been great. Uh, you know, we're going to play by committee a, a little bit this year, and uh, that's a good thing. It, it just tells you that you've, uh, you know, your depth evolved to the point where uh, when you first team or second team guy is uh, really right at about the same level, uh, and we want to get a bunch of guys on on the field and uh, keep them in the game. It's going to help us in special teams. It's going to help us in our uh, defensive depth, and uh, you know, everybody's been. Uh, uh, working hard to uh, help that along, so uh, excited for that to show up on Saturday. You said from the very beginning that you know you felt good about your depth linebacker. Maybe then since you've been here, what does that kind of say that you got Curtis and, and Caleb that are both going to play for you? I mean, that's a unique situation. It is with Caleb moving inside. You know, it, uh, again, it took it took some time to make that transition from outside to inside. Buzzy's played, uh, Curtis Bolton's played both positions, and. Uh, you know, he's probably a little more comfortable in there right now. But, uh, uh, again, uh, we have some defenses where we can, you know, actually put uh, all our athletes on the field as much as possible. And, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be situations where both of them are on there at the same time. Was it hard to come to that decision? Was it just watching them in practice, you just knew it just seemed to fit that they could both play? Yeah, they, it, it definitely it did. I mean, you know, it's uh, for us, uh, uh, we felt like uh, coming out of last year, we just need to be uh, – a little bit more athletic if, if we can get those uh, 11 guys on the field. And, uh, uh, you know, you get stretched so much with these offenses nowadays that you got to be sideline to sideline with your defense. And uh, so that was part of the uh, uh, reasoning behind that. Tim, it'd be hard to get any thinner than you were inside at the end of last year. Uh, it was it just a point of, no, I'm going to develop as many guys as I can. Well, yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, we had some situations last year that just, you know, put us in the, that uh, particular ballpark. And uh, uh, Mike and I both, uh, you know, we looked at that. And then, uh, you know, when we were able to uh, uh, bring in four new linebackers this year, and, uh, and uh, that obviously helped our depth, too. Uh, and we really lose Oboe and we lose uh, – uh, Emmanuel Beal, uh, who gave us a lot of good minutes, but uh, at the same time, we had a lot of guys get a lot of experience last year. And uh, I, I think the payoff for us is having those four freshmen that uh, started at the end of the year uh, at all the positions, uh, you know, coming forth and uh, and uh, getting better. And uh, that's gonna that's certainly gonna help us uh, moving forward to the season. Kenneth Mann looks like he's maybe your biggest leader on defense. Talk about his overall development from a year ago. Kenneth Mann has probably had the best camp of anyone uh, up front. Uh, uh, you know, really our development up front has been great. Uh, you know, we're trying to do some things with those guys up front to uh, get a little more penetration and uh, and uh, allow the second level players to play off of them. I think that's been a really good situation for all of us concerned that, uh, you know, lets them tee off a little bit more. And uh, we have to do that with all the RPOs we're getting because, uh, you know, when you got the run pass situations, uh, you know, we just didn't adjust. We were too thick. You know, uh, last year up front, and so we're trying to get on edges and uh, and, and help that situation. Just little bonus coverage there from Tim Kish. I hadn't planned to go with as long as that as I did, but I hope you got something out of it. I'm glad he talked about going sideline to sideline because that was going to be my point, and not to just reiterate what he said, but especially in the Big 12 with the way that these offenses play and go in and, and go fast. You want to get guys as in and out as possible and get them rotated, get them as much rest as possible. 
but certainly he sounds like a guy that's as excited as anyone else. And obviously, I think we're all kind of anxious to see what Caleb Kelly brings this year. And even if OU is not as strong on the outside, it looks like the inside's going to be good. Defensive backs will be good. And we're just hoping that one year, this year possibly, OU has a potent defense. Uh, one dynamic freshman to be on the lookout for. We've talked a lot about Buki, but what about this guy, Deshaun White? I, I, I'll say this about Deshaun White. He, he's ready to play. And, uh, you know, how much he plays is really going to depend on uh, how things go uh, early in, early on in the, uh, in the season. But uh, uh, he he's really has great instincts. Uh, he played the position for four years, which is a big bonus. I haven't had a lot of guys, uh, you know, at the linebacker position that have just been linebackers. So um, uh, he's got great balance. He's really got good vision for a young freshman. Uh, he understands the game. Uh, is he there yet? No. But, uh, you know, he, he, he can be a factor, uh, and hopefully sooner than later. And it's a, it's, it's a much different world for freshmen coming into college today than it was 20 years ago. As he mentioned, you know, you've got a guy that's played for four years. They're better schooled. They know more about tr nutrition. They're more athletically gifted. And I think for the, for the most part, they're also more savvy about what to do on the field. And that's where the biggest difference comes in, is that when you're going through the seven-on-seven -seven drills, like, like linebackers can, or you're going through all these camps, and it's become a year-round thing, as much as maybe we want to criticize it, and we're not allowing kids to be kids, you can't help but learn your position and learn the game a hell of a lot more when you're doing it more often and as much as kids may need time off it's just better preparing them for the opportunity to come in and play college plus you've got more kids stepping on campus early so I don't worry about it I just do not worry at all when a coach tells me that freshmen are going to play because honestly I expect them to be that good and if you're a freshman and you don't expect from yourself to be great when you're going to a program at like like OU then you're screwed because it's not a program that if you're a five-star kid, you're coming in to get developed. You're a five-star kid coming into play right away. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. Something that Lane Kiffin did, I wish OU would do. We'll finish up with that here on LOS. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. This is Locked On Sooners. Your team every day. Putting the wraps on LOS because I got to get back to work, but I want to finish up with this today. One, I do I do want to tell you, follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnSooners. I also want to tell you, you can get this podcast at LockedOnSports.com, Alexa, uh, Stitcher. There's all sorts of other places you can get it. Google, um, where else? Uh, what, what, what were the, Apple iTunes, subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, spread the word, and certainly help us grow as we start to build what we have. But Lane Kiffin opened up one of his scrimmages to the public. He wasn't going to, but he decided to because there were a lot of questions about the quarterback battle that's going on in Florida Atlantic and possibly three guys playing. I didn't see much written about 
who played well, who didn't play well, letting guys judge for themselves, and those guys weren't made, av weren't made available to the media after the scrimmage, but at least they got to see. And that's something that I wish Lincoln Riley would do, was open things up, let us see, so we don't have to take people's word for what's going on at the scrimmage. We can sit there and judge ourselves. The only problem with that is, is that colleges so bad today want to control the message that if you see guys screw up, Yes, most likely coaches are going to defend them today. Very rarely do you see coaches call cats out anymore. But you're also may not be allowed back in if you get really critical of a young kid and him not playing well at practice or you report everything that goes on when there are fights and disagreements and disputes with coaches and everything else. Those are things that, that programs now are they're just so paranoid they want to keep it in the house that we're not going to have that access. And OU is not the only one that won't tell us who their starters are. Washington State, you know, they're they're playing that card. <laughs> you know, Mike Leach is playing that card. Lane Kiffin is playing that card. Nick Saban enjoys playing that card to some sick extent. But I really hope that at some point college coaches can just embrace opening things up the way that they do in the NFL. I doubt it'll happen. It's wishful thinking on my part. But I like the fact that Florida Atlantic did it, which is another reason why I'm really hoping Lane Kiffin does get an opportunity at a bigger school because I just I, I like his redemption story. This is the Locked on Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. We will be back tomorrow. And until then, may God bless you and your family. And as always, Boomer Sooner. You are Locked on Sooners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.